Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 19 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. To keep up to date with news on the podcast, you can follow us on our social media accounts. We're on Facebook and Instagram under They Walk Among Us podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at TWAU underscore podcast. Listener caution is advised as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. Stefano Brizzi had just been found guilty of murder. Throughout his trial, Stefano denied the allegations made by the prosecution. He insisted that it had been a terrible accident. It was always going to be difficult to explain what the police found at his home. Partially dissolved human remains. Fifty-nine-year-old Gordon Semple worked for the Metropolitan Police in Westminster and had seen his fair share of gruesome scenes. As part of his work in the Anti-Social Behaviour Unit, he kept domestic violence victims safe. He also worked to help the homeless in London and had been a police officer for 30 years. The Scottish native born in Inverness during 1956 was raised on the Rigmore estate with his brother Ronnie. After he left school, he found employment in the banking sector, working for the Bank of Scotland in the early 1970s. From Inverness, he travelled to the capital of England and successfully applied for a position in London's Metropolitan Police Force. Though he expected to be transferred to the fraud squad due to his background in finance, he found his calling working amongst the community. Gordon was in a loving relationship with his partner of 25 years, Gary Meeks. 
On the morning of April 1st, 2016, Gordon left his home in Dartford and said goodbye to Gary. After Gordon's shift, they had planned to meet for drinks at a local pub and then have dinner together at home in front of the telly. At 12.30pm, he left a work meeting at the Shangri-La Hotel in the Shard, central London. As he left, CCTV filmed his movements. Two and a half hours later, he was seen on camera at Great Guildford Street in Southwark, half a mile from the Shard. But after that, Gordon was never seen again. Gary Meeks was extremely concerned when his boyfriend failed to return home from work, so reported Gordon's disappearance to the police. Initially, Gary and Gordon's family had been asked by the Metropolitan Police not to talk to the media. Gary had called Gordon more than 20 times, but had received no response. Gordon enjoyed trips abroad, but he made no indication to anyone that he had plans to go away on holiday. A police spokesperson for Scotland Yard addressed the media about Gordon. They said his role is a specialist one that routinely involves work with external partners and agencies and it is not uncommon for much of his time to be spent away from the office working in plain clothes. We are in the process of tracking his movements throughout the day to determine why he may have gone missing and this includes liaising with persons who spoke to and met with him during his tour of duty. Gordon's disappearance is not believed to be linked with his employment. A Facebook page was set up on April 4th by a family friend to raise awareness of Gordon's disappearance, and over the course of just a few days, it had reached over 60,000 people. Gordon was described as white with a large build, shaved head, and stood around 5 foot 10 inches tall. He was last seen wearing a lilac shirt, dark trousers, and brown shoes. Kerry Nicholas, Gordon's niece, spoke to the BBC and said, This is completely out of character for him. He's just a very outgoing, sociable guy, very happy-go-lucky. He wasn't on any medication or anything, and we have no reason to suspect he would just disappear without telling anyone. Nothing like this has ever happened to him before. There were concerns for Gordon's welfare, so he was treated as a high-risk missing person. The homicide unit was called in to lead the investigation into his disappearance. The public was urged to contact Crime Stoppers if they had any information that might assist in the inquiry. Detective Chief Inspector Cliff Lyons leading the investigation told the press, We continue to retain an open mind concerning the circumstances of Gordon's disappearance, and consideration has been given to whether he may have become a victim of crime. However, at this stage, this is just one line of inquiry. It is still hoped that he will return home safe and well. DCI Lions discussed Gordon's movements and the CCTV footage which captured Gordon Semple on Great Guildford Street. He said we are yet to identify if Gordon met with anyone in that area or was merely passing through. He can be seen looking at his mobile telephone but not making or receiving a call. It's less than a five-minute walk from both the Shard and London Bridge station to the back of the Peabody estate. Detectives know PC Semble left the Shard at 12.30pm and he was spotted on CCTV at 3. What they now need to establish is where he was in between.
On Thursday, April 7th, 2016, residents of Block E on the Peabody Estate on Southwark Street were unsettled. Despite the caretaker's best efforts to mask an unpleasant odour in the block with a scented airspray, residents could still smell something pungent in the air. Upon investigating what the smell might have been, the occupants realised it was emanating from one of the flats. Outside, scented candles almost burnt down to the wick had been left on the doorstep and chemical bottles were scattered throughout the hallway. Along with his brother Martin, resident Stephen Harris, who lived in one of the flats above the source of the smell, looked through the letterbox and banged on the door to get the occupant's attention. 49-year-old Stefano Brizzi calmly answered in just a pair of sunglasses and blue Speedo-style swimming trunks. I said to him, sorry mate, there's been a complaint about the smell in the block. So he's gone to me like this, he's gone, I'm sorry, um, I'm cooking for my friend. That's the reason why I put the candle outside the door for. If something didn't seem right, Martin Harris notified the authorities at 1.07pm, not long after police arrived at the flat. They were met by Britsy who was still dressed in just his swimwear. As the officers entered the property, the strong smell was now mixed with the odour of chemicals. Once inside, they discovered what appeared to be a corrosive turquoise liquid inside a large plastic container with pieces of something floating on top. The liquid was later identified as a mixture of hydrofluoric acid and caustic soda. The floor was covered in a layer of fluid with a slime-like consistency. Pools of grease sat in the oven and the handle on the door was bloodstained. A blue-green liquid was also discovered in the bath. As there was so much corrosive material in the flat, the officers needed hospital treatment. A paramedic that later attended the scene noticed a bin liner in the bathroom. They looked inside and found human remains. Scant details of the circumstances of what police had actually discovered were relayed in the press. A police spokesperson said they would not speculate any further on what may have happened or a possible motive and confirmed a post-mortem would be held in due course. They went on to say our work at the scene is crucial to ensure we capture all available evidence and this may take some time. Forensic officers sealed off all the rubbish chutes to the flat and began to search a communal waste storage area. The following day, Deputy Assistant Commissioner Alice Newcomb made a statement to the press. Yesterday afternoon we were called by a member of the public to an address on the Peabody Estate in Southwark Street. At that address, a man was arrested and human remains were discovered. Due to the condition of those human remains, it will take some time for the cause of death to be established and for formal identification to take place. At this point, I do not wish to speculate on what has happened. Yesterday, a forensic search started at the address and it is ongoing. It will take some time for us to complete that work. It is a vital search for evidence. I would like to thank the local residents for their patience and support. Local officers are out on patrol to talk to residents and to reassure them. If there is anyone who can help us with our investigation, 
I would ask you to get in touch with us and to tell us what you know. My thoughts are with Gordon's family and friends at this personal time of tragedy and I would ask that they are given the space and privacy they need to come to terms with this development. This is a very sad day for Gordon's colleagues. There are many officers who have served with Gordon in London during his 30-year career who will acutely feel his loss. In a statement from Gordon's brother Ronnie, he wrote, Gordon was a much-loved partner, brother, brother-in-law, uncle and cousin, and our world will be a worse place without him. A fundraising page was set up by Gordon's colleagues at the Metropolitan Police to help with the funeral costs. Gordon Semple was a dedicated beat Bobby. His family and colleagues are devastated. He'd been missing for a week when police arrived in large numbers at a flat on the Peabody estate in Southwark yesterday lunchtime. Stefano Brizzi was arrested on suspicion of murder. After he was taken into custody, forensic officers continued to search through his flat on the Peabody estate. It was reported police were granted more time to interview him on April 9th and he could be held until Sunday, April 10th. The following day, he was charged with Gordon Semple's murder. Police believe the murder had taken place sometime between April 1st and April 7th at Stefano's flat. Authorities wanted to speak to a male that had been spotted near the flat on the same day that Gordon was last seen. The person never entered the property and was only there for around a minute. Detective Chief Inspector Cliff Lyons appealed to the public and stated, I'm keen to trace a man who went to Brits's flat in Southwark Street on Friday, April 1st at about 500 hours. It is incredibly important that we speak to him. Via video link from Lewisham Police Station wearing a grey tracksuit, Stefano Brizzi appeared in a brief hearing before Bromley Magistrates Court on Monday, April 11th. He confirmed his name, age and address and said, I'm an Italian citizen but a UK resident. As the proceedings continued, he briefly interjected to ask about what legal aid he was afforded. Stefano Brizzi did not put forward a plea and appeared at another pre-trial hearing before the Old Bailey on April 13th. Again in a grey tracksuit, he was wearing dark sunglasses and flanked by three dock officers. It was alleged that he strangled Gordon Semple before dismembering his body and disposing of it in some bins outside his flat. A provisional trial date was set by the Recorder of London Nicholas Hilliard QC for October 18, 2016. Britsey would remain in custody. Gordon Semple's funeral was held in June and his work colleagues in the police force served as the pallbearers. Around 400 mourners attended the ceremony. It was reported that a plea hearing due to take place at the end of June was postponed. It wasn't until a month before the trial during the second week of September that Stefano Brizzi appeared via video link from Belmarsh Prison wearing glasses and a pink shirt. Sat with his fingers crossed, he spoke only to confirm his name and entered a plea of not guilty. During his initial interview with police, Stefano Brizzi was asked what he did in the first week of April after Gordon came to his home. 
Is there anything you can tell me about what you did between the 1st and the 7th before you were arrested? Um, no comment. It could be many months before we learn how and why the body of a long-serving police officer came to be found on this central London estate. When neighbours on the estate began to notice what was described as a revolting smell, they called police. Britsy later allegedly admitted killing the officer, saying Satan told him to do it. However, the defendant is not claiming a psychiatric defence and says PC Semple died accidentally. The victim, 59 years old, was Gordon Semple, a police officer. On the 1st of April, he'd slipped away from work in central London and headed for Southwark and a sexual encounter. It was something he'd often done before. On October 20th, 2016, a trial began at the Old Bailey in London. Stefano Brizzi protested his innocence, insisting that Gordon Semple died during a sex game when the officer suffered a broken neck after a leash on a bondage mask he was wearing was accidentally tightened. Stefano did admit, however, to a charge of obstructing a coroner when he disposed of the dismembered remains. In his defence statement, Brizzi claimed that he and Gordon Semple had contacted each other through the dating app Grinder and agreed to meet at Stefano's flat on April 1st. Grinder is an app that can be downloaded to most smartphones. Used by millions of men around the globe, the app utilises GPS technology and alerts a user when another man using the app is nearby. They can then meet up for a date or hook up for sex. When Gordon Semple arrived at Stefano Britz's flat, the pair watched pornography together and then Britzy claimed they took crystal meth. The defendant said that he then put a bondage mask over Gordon Semple's head and a leash around his neck. After Britzy sat on the victim, he whipped him upon his request as the leash was tightened. While engaging in this activity, Stefano Britzy claimed Gordon Semple's neck was accidentally broken. In his opening statement, the prosecutor, Crispin Aylett QC, addressed the court and told the jury that they would need broad minds and strong stomachs. He said, In dismembering Gordon Semple and disposing of some of the body parts, the defendant must have hoped, first to avoid being caught, and if that failed, that it would be impossible to identify how Gordon Semple met his death. While Gordon Semple was on duty during April 1st, he contacted Britsy through Grinder using his profile name DomSE1 and the two discussed having sex and planned on inviting more men to join them. On the day of Gordon's death, police believed that Stefano Britsy had been tired due to another night of heavy drug use. Gordon was the first to arrive at the flat at 3.03pm. Stefano had told police when he was interviewed that he was unhappy with Gordon's appearance describing him as fat, ugly and unattractive. The men spent time on their phones inviting other men to join them on both Grinder and a second app called Recon. Two men showed an interest, though one was put off by the possible use of drugs. Detectives confirmed that Gordon Semple used Grinder to send a communication at 7.04pm. When another man arrived at the flat in Southwark, he was told by Stefano that someone at the property was ill, so the man left. 
Around 20 minutes later, Gordon's partner Gary Mix called Gordon, but there was no answer. Gordon Semple was later reported missing. After nearly a week and a revolting smell permeating the block of flats at the Peabody estate, a neighbour and his brother confronted Stefano, who dismissed their concerns, insisting he was cooking for a friend. As his opening statement came to a close, Crispin Aylard QC said, whether it was done as part of some satanic ritual, as the defendant originally claimed, or whether it occurred in the course of sexual activity, as the defendant now says, or whether any drugs that the defendant had taken make him paranoid, the prosecution alleges that the defendant deliberately strangled Gordon Semple. The court heard from PC Charlotte Edwards, who was one of the first officers that arrived at Britsy's flat on April 7th. Despite Stefano Britsy now claiming that it was an accident, after police discovered the remains of Gordon Semple, Britsy told PC Edwards, I've tried to dissolve the body. I've killed a police officer. I killed him last week. I met him on Grinder, And I killed him. Satan told me to. P.C. Edwards told the court that Britsy then went on to say, I'm from a Catholic family, so when I found out I was gay, I found out I was from Satan. The Italian national informed officers that he had flushed his victim's internal organs down the toilet. He then travelled south to the River Thames by bicycle and dumped some of the body parts there and threw away Gordon Semple's police badge and his belongings. Body matter was later found in some drain pipes on the Peabody estate, and a foot was found on the river bank of the Thames near the Bermondsey Wall by a member of the Thames Mudlark Club. Further details regarding Stefano Britz's life were relayed to the court. Born during June 1966 in Tuscany, central Italy, he was the youngest of three siblings to a mother who worked looking after her children and a father who had a job in the civil service. His uncle was a priest and he was raised in a strict, devout Catholic household. Stefano moved to Florence and obtained degrees in both philosophy and web development. Through his early 20s and 30s, he worked as a computer programmer. In his early 40s, during 2008, he discovered he had contracted HIV and hepatitis C. While he struggled with the discovery, he responded well to treatment and four years later he moved to London. He had been offered a job working for US investment bank Morgan Stanley as a senior web developer. Once in the UK, his salary of £70,000 a year afforded him the opportunity to consume vast amounts of methamphetamine also known as crystal meth. He also took GHB and ketamine. His addiction to the drugs grew and eventually he was asked to leave his job at the start of 2015. He often referred to crystal meth as Nutella. He was even pictured in a social media post with a jar of chocolate spread in his hand and the logo from TV show Breaking Bad behind him. Popular in the party scene, Crystal meth has replaced ecstasy and cocaine as it reduces inhibitions even further, increases libido and allows users to stay awake longer. There are dangers however as the drug is highly addictive and side effects include psychosis and hallucinations. 
Stefano attended a number of support groups and reportedly told members that he believed in Satan and satanic rituals. During the investigation into Gordon Semple's death, a copy of a satanic bible was found on Stefano's computer. He was also extremely vocal about his sexual activities and his love of sadomasochistic sex, tying up other men and treating them like animals. In a bid to conquer his demons, Stefano symbolically buried his addiction in a mock coffin and also attended Crystal Meth Anonymous meetings. On one occasion, the leader of the meetings claimed that Stefano arrived wearing a Breaking Bad t-shirt. This upset the other members of the group as the TV show focuses on the home production of Crystal Meth. As the trial progressed, the prosecution confirmed that DNA from Gordon Semple was discovered throughout the kitchen of Stefano Britz's flat, including a cooking pot, blades of a blender, a tea strainer, and chopsticks. Gordon's DNA was also found on a mask and a dog lead discovered at the home. Prosecutor Crispin Alick QC stated, The handle of the oven was bloodstained. Inside the oven, there was a pool of fattened grease. This was found to contain a DNA profile that matched that of Gordon Semple. The prosecutor continued, So, the defendant cannot have confined himself to dismembering Gordon Semple and disposing of his body, either by acid in the bath or else in the dustbins. Instead, the prosecution suggests it would be open to the jury to find that the defendant cooked part of his body and ate it. After a piece of rib was found in the kitchen, it was analysed and bite marks were discovered. There had also been attempts made to cook one of Gordon Semple's legs as the bone showed signs of heat damage. CCTV footage played to the jury showed Stefano making the short walk of only a few minutes from his flat to Leyland Specialist Decorators Merchants on April 5th. He purchased cleaning products, bottles of acid, plastic buckets, a three-in-one saw set, pincers, heavy-duty scissors, a putty knife, and a perforated metal sheet which the prosecution believed Britsy used as a grater after it was wound up into a coil. In the CCTV footage, Stefano can be seen placing one of the buckets over his head. On October 24, 2016, a witness who had planned to attend Stefano Britsy's flat addressed the jury. On April 1st, the witness known only as C.D., had arranged to attend a chem sex party on the Peabody estate with someone called Domination London. A chem sex party is a gathering where attendees take drugs, often cocaine, ecstasy or crystal meth to lower their inhibitions and engage in sexual activity. The witness had got lost navigating the estate, but once he had finally located the flat, he rang the buzzer, but no one answered. He told the court... I just remember standing in front of the building door ringing his flat buzzer. I was trying to understand why it was taking so long. When the buzzer was finally answered, the witness heard a voice say, Hello? Sorry, we are having kind of a situation here. Stefano had told the witness that someone was feeling unwell, but not to worry because he was taking care of it. Asking if he could do anything to help, the witness was told everything was under control but the party had been cancelled. 
The witness told the jury he thought he heard someone being sick, and although Stefano Brizzi sounded a little upset, he didn't seem too worried. The pair agreed to reschedule for the following week. The jury were also played a video of Stefano Brizzi being questioned. He states his name and provides officials with his personal details. He tells them he has hepatitis C and HIV and had been using crystal meth for the last three years. While on the drug, he said he heard a voice inside his head say, You must kill. You must kill. You must kill. During the interview after his arrest, Britsy was asked if he had taken any drugs in the last 24 hours. He replied, Yes, I took crystal meth yesterday when I was thinking I should get rid of the corpse. Four days have passed by and nobody had seen or said anything. I thought I was getting away with it. He went on to say, Just one thing, my bathtub has been unusable for days. I would appreciate a shower. As the video of the interrogation was played to the court, Stefano held his head in his hands and began to cry. The judge asked Britsy if he was okay, and he replied, I'm sorry, that's all, I'm sorry, carry on, it's okay, I don't want to hold you up, it's hard, you understand, enormous pressure. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. 
With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to Centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at Centair.com. On October 26th, Dr. Benjamin Swift addressed the court. The pathologist who had confirmed Gordon Semple's death as unascertained was only provided with a few boxes which contained body parts that had either been retrieved from the scene or from the River Thames. These did not include the internal organs or the brain, as it was believed that these were disposed of as they were never located. Dr Swift confirmed that after analysing parts of the shoulder blade, neck and head, he noticed a small horseshoe-shaped bone that had been fractured in Gordon Semple's neck which showed signs that the victim had been strangled. The doctor confirmed that the victim would have passed out within 20 seconds, however it would have taken a few minutes for Gordon to die, during which time he would have had fits as his brain was starved of oxygen. The following day, the court heard from Stefano Brizzi. He had been sobbing loudly throughout most of the proceedings. Stefano explained that he had no intention of hurting Gordon Semple, and the pair had only met up to have a sexual encounter. He began to cry as he admitted that he dismembered the body and attempted to dispose of it using acid. He told the court that he became addicted to crystal meth and eventually left his job, living off his savings. Sally Bennett Jenkins QC, acting on behalf of the defence, asked Stefano if he was a fan of the TV show Breaking Bad. He replied, Well, yes, I was a fan. Stefano went on to say that he was also a fan of TV shows House of Cards and Heroes. He told the court that he had been given the advice to substitute one addiction with another, which is why he would binge-watch a television series. He recounted his version of events where Gordon Semple arrived at his flat and the pair took drugs and had sex. He also told the court that the officer appeared to be very happy and wanted to explore some extreme fantasies. The following day, the defendant told the court that the pair had a safe word of red if things had gone too far. Stefano only realised that things had gotten out of hand when Gordon Semple, who was wearing a mask and a collar attached to a lead, stopped responding. After removing the mask, Stefano Brizzi claimed that he attempted chest compressions and mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. After that didn't work, he considered calling an ambulance but decided against it because he believed that PC Semple might have a medical condition. Instead, he searched the officer's pockets for an inhaler, but found a police badge. 
He panicked, telling the jury I was absolutely petrified. Dr. Ashley Fegan Earl, a pathologist who gave testimony on behalf of the defence, informed the court that it was possible Gordon Semple had died from a heart attack given the victim's weight and medical history of high cholesterol. The trial continued into the start of November, and under cross-examination from prosecutor Crispin Aylick QC, Stefano was again asked if he was a fan of Breaking Bad. He confirmed he had seen the TV show two or three times. The prosecutor said, Breaking Bad seems to rather glorify crystal meth, because the down-at-heel chemistry teacher who works in a car wash ends up as a drug baron, doesn't he? He ends up producing vast quantities of very high-caliber crystal meth. Stefano was then asked about bringing up the show during Crystal Meth Anonymous meetings and being asked to remove a Breaking Bad t-shirt he was wearing. Stefano replied, This is completely ridiculous. That is just unreal. I never had any t-shirt. He never asked me to take it off. The prosecutor addressed Stefano and described a scene from Breaking Bad. He said, Early on in the first series, Mr. Britsy, there is a body that ends up having to be dissolved of. Do you remember that? The cat's in the bag. Do you remember it? Stefano confirmed he had seen it and relayed to the court that in the television program, a body is dissolved using hydrofluoric acid. One of the characters in the show explains that the acid can dissolve almost anything but plastic. Stefano Brizzi was captured on CCTV at a DIY store, purchasing a plastic bucket. In the courtroom, he was asked, Do you accept that you were living out of an episode of Breaking Bad? The defendant responded, I accept I considered without any rationality at all. If I had thought about it, if I was some kind of criminal mind, I would have done things in a much more organised way. I think I was inspired by the idea. I took whatever was there, thinking maybe I can dissolve him. The bath was absolutely tiny. I had no knives, no swords, nothing particularly out of the ordinary. I had no idea what kind of chemical I was using. And I probably thought of the acid in Breaking Bad. I'm not saying that I was not inspired by the idea. How many other ways could I have disposed of a body? I didn't know where to start. So the only thing I thought the first night was just to move it as far away as possible. The TV show Breaking Bad follows the exploits of a terminally ill science teacher and a former student as they begin producing and selling crystal meth. In one episode titled Cats in the Bag, one of the characters Walter White has killed a rival drug dealer, so his business partner Jesse Pinkman has the task of dissolving the body in hydrofluoric acid. His plan fails when he uses his bath instead of a bucket made from plastic. Hydrofluoric acid will not dissolve plastic, but it will eat through most other things, including human flesh. In the TV show, the acid burns through not only the bath, but the floor beneath it, causing the contents, including a partially dissolved body, to fall through the ceiling. Prosecutor Crispin Aylett QC told the court that Stefano Brizzi attempted to dissolve the body so no one would know how Gordon Semple died. Addressing the defendant, he said, The condition you left the body in means the pathologist cannot tell one way or the other. You could have hit him with a hammer, 
rendering him unconscious. Stefano responded, I tried to get away with it. I did not act out a strategy of some kind of well-thought-out ideas. He then went on to say he was selfish for not calling the emergency services. In closing, Sally Bennett Jenkins QC, who was acting on behalf of Stefano Brizzi, told the court that her client's actions were shocking, however he did not murder Gordon Semple. She said, Stefano Brizzi would be the first to accept, and he has done as we know by his plea of guilty to obstructing a coroner, that his actions between the time of Gordon Semple's death and his arrest on April 7th were both horrific and inhumane. He does not dispute that but you may think whatever those actions were, and you know he has not attempted to run away from his responsibility for them. They were carried out while he was in a hell of his own making, by virtue of the drugs he had taken. He is not a monster. He is a human being like you or I. As for the allegation put forth by the prosecution that Stefano had eaten parts of Gordon Semple, Sally Bennett Jenkins QC dismissed this and told the jury no one could attempt to take into their mouth any form of item that had been exposed to those chemicals. After closing arguments, the jury retired to consider its verdict on November 7th, 2016. Following five days of deliberations over the course of 30 hours, the jury found Stefano Brizzi guilty of the murder of Gordon Semple. He was to be sentenced on December 9th. Deputy Chief Crown Prosecutor for CPS London, Malcolm McAfee, stated, Stefano Brizzi is an evil and calculating man who intentionally killed Gordon Semple and then made gruesome attempts to dispose of his body. He cynically lied to the court and the jury, claiming that Mr. Semple's tragic death was caused when a sex game went horribly wrong and that he had taken drugs which caused him to try and cover up the death. This was all fabricated by Britsy to evade justice. In taking steps to fully understand Britsy's lifestyle, we scrutinised many thousands of social media messages. Piecing together the events of that evening was equally challenging, bearing in mind the extreme lengths that Britsy went to to remove traces of his crime and cover his tracks. However, built on the foundation of a strong police investigation and detailed toxicology and pathology evidence, we put a very strong case before the court and Britsy has now been brought to justice for his terrible crimes. We hope that the outcome today provides some comfort to friends and family of Mr. Semple. Peter Ayling, Detective Chief Superintendent of the Metropolitan Police Force said, Fueled by drugs, Stefano Britsy murdered Gordon and then set about systematically disposing of his body, the detail of which is quite frankly distressing to read and hear. The investigation has evidenced the sickening lengths that he went to to dismember Gordon and dispose of his remains, not just in the immediate aftermath of the murder, but over the days that followed, and amounts to cannibalism. After the conviction, Nigel Lewis, who worked alongside Gordon Semple, was interviewed. But Gordon was a larger-than-life character. Uh, the policing was very important to him. The community was very important to him. He was very well known in all the local areas of, of Belgravia, Knightsbridge and Westminster. And he was dedicated to what, to what he did. And I'd imagine this is an enormous shock for not just the police, 
uh, officers knew, knew him and worked with him, but also the policing community and the, and the community of Belgrade. So where are we now? Three weeks before Stefano Britz's trial, the trial of Stephen Port began. He faced 29 charges which included four counts of murder, administering a substance with intent, rape and sexual assault. An outcome of that trial came just two weeks after Stefano Brizzi was convicted. Stephen Port was found guilty of the murders of Anthony Woolgate, Daniel Whitworth, Gabriel Cavare and Jack Taylor, all of whom had messaged Stephen Port through a number of dating apps. Port was also found guilty of 10 offences which included administering a substance with intent, rape and sexual assault. He was sentenced to a whole life order. Stephen Port was later labelled the grinder killer by the press who raised questions about the safety of online dating apps following both the conviction of Port and Stefano Brizzi. Senior police officials also issued statements warning people who use dating apps to take extra precautions. Matthew Todd, journalist and author of Straightjacket, a book about the difficulties in the gay community and how to help solve them, spoke to the BBC in November 2016 about Grindr and its users. Those apps facilitate kind of a quick form of validation for people. And when drugs are in the mix and they are sold very openly by people on apps like Grindr, they might be in a situation with a number of people and drugs are passed around and sometimes people wake up and they don't know what's happened to them or they may have been sexually assaulted or they may have been raped and they don't feel they can necessarily go to the police about that because they feel they've put themselves in a dangerous situation. Benjamin Wilson, a writer who lived in Barking close to where Stephen Port lived, was interviewed by The Guardian. He had been matched to Stephen Port on Grinder. they never ultimately met him. He believes the attempts by police to pin the blame of Stephen Port's killings on Grinder and the culture of online hookups were victim blaming. He said, The fact it was Grinder isn't really relevant. There's always been sexual violence. But the fact it's treated that way basically seems like a way to let people off the hook. Like, they were on Grinder, they were having chemsex, these deviant homosexual things when actually the issue is that there was a man murdering people. There is a perversive culture of sexual violence and the police didn't act appropriately. Chief Executive of London Friend, a health and well-being charity for London's LGBT community, Monty Moncrief, was also interviewed about Port's crimes and said, what role the apps have been playing to facilitate that is that it's just been the medium through which he's met them and the intention's been there. He hasn't done it as a result of the apps. The apps haven't made him do that. On December 12, 2016, Stefano Brizzi was brought before Judge Nicholas Hilliard QC to receive his sentence. During mitigation, Sally Bennett Jenkins QC explained that Stefano was horrified by what he had done and due to his drug use could not recall the events that led to Gordon Semple's death. She said, the behaviour can only be ascribed to taking of the drug crystal meth, which as the court know, has appalling effects on those who become addicted to it. Gordon Semple's brother provided a victim impact statement, which was read aloud to the court, and spoke of a much-loved, caring and gentle person that had left a family devastated after his murder. 
During the proceedings, an expert odontologist explained that although Stefano Brizzi could recall little of the events, he had eaten human flesh. The odontologist matched a bite mark on the rib discarded in the kitchen bin to Brizzi's lower teeth. As Judge Hilliard handed down his sentence, Stefano Brizzi's head was bowed. The judge said, the PCs on scene encountered something no amount of training could have prepared them for. I commend them both. Mr. Semple was dearly loved by his family and friends, and no sentence carried out by this court can equate to the precious human life lost. Stefano Brizzi received a life sentence and would have to serve a minimum term of 24 years before he is eligible for parole. For his admission to obstructing a coroner, Britsy received seven years, which will run concurrently with his sentence for murder. The chief crown prosecutor at the time, Baljet Ubi, addressed the press after the sentencing hearing. Mr Semple's tragic death was caused when a sex game went horribly wrong. We know this will have been a very difficult time for the family and friends of Mr Semple. I hope the outcome today provides some comfort to them. I would like to pay tribute to the excellent work of on Monday, February 6, 2017, it was reported that Stefano Brizzi had died at Belmarsh Prison two months into his sentence. Stefano had died on Sunday, February 5th, after an ambulance was called at 10.12am. The Ministry of Justice did not provide a cause of death, as it hadn't yet been confirmed by a coroner. In a statement provided to the press, they said, as with all deaths in custody, there will be an independent investigation by the Prisons and Probation Ombudsman. A pre-inquest review at Southwark Coroner's Court heard that Britsy had been removed from a suicide watch list on December 28, 2016, despite a homemade noose being found in his cell on December 6, and a letter implying that he was thinking about committing suicide. He had been placed on a programme that monitored mental health issues for prisoners where there was a risk they might harm themselves or take their own life. Dr Andrew Harris, a senior coroner, told the court that a toxicology report came back negative for any substances and there were no injuries that implied an altercation with another party. A full inquest took place in April 2018 and was told that Stefano Brizzi left letters to his friends and family along with a will that was written a few days before he died. In one of the letters it read, I die in peace. Through prison records, the jury at the inquest confirmed that Britsy was of a high intellect and described as an atypical prisoner, frustrated by the limitations of prison life. The inquest confirmed Stefano Britsy had died from hanging. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. If you would prefer to listen to our podcast a few days early without adverts, you can for just $3 a month. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash theywalkamonguspodcast.com.
new evidence or additional evidence for dead in the morning. In 2004, in a tiny Ozark town, a young woman named Rebecca Gold was brutally murdered. She never got to be who she was going to be because they took that from her. I seen her, you know, the other day when she came down, you know, that she's supposed to be heading to Melbourne as the last that I'd heard anything from her. Nearly 15 years later, her killer is still on the loose. Potential suspects work everywhere, so we could have already talked to the killer. It's just really surreal that they're out and walking around. You know, That's like, why I don't mention so much because I'm being recorded because I'm not scared. People just seem to die around her. I haven't slept in about three days. So obsessed at this point, I'm thinking I'm just gonna stay for a while. I left Arkansas, became an investigator, and now I'm coming back with my team to finally get justice for Rebecca. There's two guys out there. You ready? Yep. Take a deep breath, dude. It's a small town, and I know someone has a secret that will break this case wide open. Why are they all keeping so quiet? Not everybody wants to talk or wants this case solved. We literally are back to the where we were the day that they found her body. I'm not stopping until someone starts talking. In my heart, in my opinion, I always thought had, he knew something more than what he was saying or he had done it. And we finally find out who killed Rebecca Gould. I'm Katherine Townsend, and this is Helen Gone. Somebody asked me, they said, you're going to take a picture of that, are you? And I said, no. I said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to forget about this. Coming this October from School of Humans and How Stuff Works. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.